Early Sunday morning. Thank you so much for waking up bright and early. It's time now for South Florida Sundays. I'm your host, Trey Brazier, along with Mr. Patrick Franklin, the Urban League president and CEO of Palm Beach County. How's it going, man? Good. Good morning, Trey. It's always a pleasure to be here on a Sunday morning. Happy holidays to you. Absolutely. Patrick brings somebody from uh, Palm Beach County that does big things, great things for the community every week. Who's our guest this week? This morning we have Danita Dehaney. She's the president and CEO of the Community Foundation, Palm Beach County and Martin County. Danita, welcome. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Trey. Thank you for having me here this morning. Good. Danita, now you've been in this position at the Community Foundation for two years now? In March it'll be three years. Three years. Time Time. goes by fast. Yes, indeed. Wow. Danita, for all of our uh, listeners who are new to hearing from you today, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you've been, and so they could get to know, know you better. Okay, well, thank you for that opportunity. Um, as Patrick said, I'm Danita Dehaney, and I run the Community Foundation for Palm Beach and Martin Counties. And if you take a look at my uh, career history, uh, you would see that it's primarily been externally focused. Three different major Research One universities where I served in a leadership role for fundraising and uh, participated in a number of billion-dollar campaigns. Uh, My last university appointment was at Florida Atlantic University, where I served as the Vice President for Advancement and CEO of the Foundation under President John Kelly. And uh, I'm proud to say that we uh, mobilized a team of competent fundraisers to raise the most money that the university had raised in its period at Mm -hmm. that time. Uh, When COVID happened, it gave me an opportunity to pause and think through where I wanted to um, land, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to be appointed to uh, run the Community Foundation for Palm Beach and Martin Counties. And I think that um, clearly my experience in attracting donors, cultivating donors, um, is serving the Community Foundation and our community well because you need to raise money in order to grant money and in order to make an impact to address the issues that affect our community. So that's me in a nutshell. Absolutely. And and one thing that a lot of people don't know, that, that you are a sport nut. Um, you love sports, I like do. myself and many others. I do. And we'll get into that a, a little later. But, okay. Danita, thank you for, for giving us a little bit of your background. Along the way, who would you say were some of your mentors? Oh, my goodness. I have worked with some of the most um, innovative and imaginative presidents, university presidents. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of two who served at the University of Maryland, Britt Kerwin, who went on to Ohio State, Dan Mote, for whom I worked for 12 years. Dan had three degrees from Cal, Berkeley, and... um, the impact he had on me professionally was how to raise big money. Mm -hmm. And big money in Dan's mind was anything above seven figures, preferably eight. There you go, that's big um, money. He taught me how they competed against Stanford from a philanthropic standpoint, and uh, that remained with me. And then I'd be remiss if I didn't say that my experience at the University of Florida was profound. Uh, Working with the Gator Nation, Mm who answers the call for anything that the university needs really uh, gave me an appreciation for how to cultivate 
the spirit of the university and the life of students when they matriculate. Absolutely, my my youngest, uh, he's a he's a Gator. Okay, go Gators. Uh, and, and go Gators, and and he he graduated in twenty two, and you know what a what a network and it's phenomenal and yes. it's global. Yes, and um, I learned a lot. One of my the best jobs that I've had was being able to rally the Gator Nation around issues that were important to the university. And uh, they're enjoying tremendous success. Yes, they are. Yes, mm-hmm. they are. Um, let's go in and, and talk a little bit about the Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. Let's just start the basics. I don't know if a lot of people know yeah. the, the, the really basics of the Community Foundation. Let, yeah. Let's start there. So Community Foundations um, have actually been around for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one was established in Cleveland in 1914. And there was a very wealthy man who was aware of the disparities in the city of Cleveland. And so he gathered together all of the rich people mm-hmm. and said, listen, you know, we can We can enjoy- do better. Yeah, we can do better. So yeah. what he got them to do was to pool their money so that the money had more power to address poverty mm-hmm. and other issues affecting underrepresented and underserved members of their community. And so that began to put in place uh, this framework of place-based institutions that organize their philanthropy around the needs of their community. Mm -hmm. So there's this saying in the industry, if you look at one community foundation, you're just looking at one, Mm -hmm. all right? Mm -hmm. Because each of them are custom-designed. Custom-designed for local. Yes, Yes. for local needs. Mm So there are about 900 in the United States, and of the 900, there are approximately four to 500 that report annually what their total assets are under management. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the Community Foundation for Palm Beach and Martin Counties, we're at about 80. Mm-hmm. 80 to 79 mm-hmm. in terms of assets under management. Ranked across Ranked. All, all, yes, yes. yes. So mm-hmm. number one will be no surprise, the Silicon Valley yes. Community Foundation with mm-hmm. over $11 billion yes. in assets. Yes. And then it goes all the way down. So we're not bad, but we can do so much better. And we yes. can do so much better, Patrick, because we are a community of great wealth. Great wealth. Great wealth. And also great need. And so getting back to the sort of definition of a community foundation, we aim to amplify philanthropy. Mm -hmm. First of all, we want to let everybody know what the power of philanthropy can be. Mm -hmm. And we want to use that to mobilize or catalyze solutions. Mm -hmm. For example... If we have underserved and underrepresented children who don't have access to access to mental health, that is our job as the community foundation to give voice to that issue, to inspire our community's philanthropists mm-hmm. to invest in this much needed service for young people in our community. And the the issue is mental health issues that are unresolved get worse. So to the degree that we can drive philanthropy to address this specific issue with kids, you know, starting at, you know, three to five years old, we can prepare them emotionally to manage life's disruptions. And so that's just sort of one 
mm-hmm. way that our community foundation seeks to amplify philanthropy to catalyze the solution. How do we do that? Very much. If you're just tuning in for South Florida Sundays, our guest this week is Miss Danita Dehaney. She's the president and CEO of Community Foundation Palm Beach and Martin Counties here for South Florida Sundays. I'm Trey Brazier with Patrick Franklin from the Urban League, Palm Beach County. I, I want to go back to what she was saying about uh, how it started in Cleveland in 1914. I, I have great respect for that generation back then mm-hmm. because the National Urban League was started in 1910 yep. by the same philosophy yep. from a group in New York. Yes. That said that we can do better than this. Look at look at this blight and, and poverty and that exists within our lower class. Right. How can we do better? And that that generation saw things that we kind of overlook today. Or, or, or they they took that they took that step forward to say, we will create something that that that's going to last. Hopefully. Well, we the Community Foundation and the Urban League share the same founding. If you remember, mm-hmm. uh, Michael and Winston McIntosh in 1972 took a ride out west mm-hmm. and were blown away by the right. uh, poverty that they experienced. Mm-hmm. And that motivated them so much that when they drove back to Palm Beach Island, right. they got together with their friends. Mm-hmm. We were founded. You, you were founded. That's right. And we were founded in part to attract philanthropy to address these needs. Right. How can you, I, others, live in paradise while we have people that have food security issues, that don't have access to higher education, that don't have um, access to high-speed internet, don't have access to a lot of different things? um, It's really our, our moral obligation and responsibility to make sure that those who have not had the grace or the benefit that you and I and others in this community have had. And the luck. And the luck. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. To to make that possible. Mm -hmm. You must be reading my notes, Anita, because my my, my next question was was exactly where you went. I said, our organization share a common thread that many people don't know about. Both organizations were started or had a significant hand in development of our agencies, the McIntosh family. That's right. And we were so happy um, at our 50th anniversary to honor yes. Winston McIntosh yes. um, as we celebrated 50 years because we, it was the financial support yes. and also the other support that they gave to create yes. not only the Community Foundation yes. the year before us, yes. but the Urban League yes. and the stories that, that she shared with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to go just a little bit. We we had scheduled an hour meeting, and we did five and a half hours together. Oh, I'm not surprised. And and she all. just kept going. And then I said, I, I would love for you to come back for our 50th anniversary when, when she came here early, earlier this year. And it, it was so um, inspiring to hear yes. the same story you gave and, uh, and even more to talk right. about how such a young couple right. in their right. 20s right. decided that we can do better right. here in Palm Beach County. So I didn't read your notes, mm-hmm. but I was reminded of them when you talked about the, the quality of people in 1914 mm-hmm. and 1910. Mm-hmm. Those people still exist today. Yes. We have to find them. Mm-hmm. So you have this young white couple that had an amazing life, mm-hmm. generational wealth, mm-hmm. and they knew that this isn't right mm-hmm. for us to live like this, and they're living like this. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I feel really blessed to be in the position I am, I'm in 
to find the other Macintoshes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the other local community leaders who have the capacity and the will and the desire to say this isn't right. Let's right. make a difference. So again, to recap, the one of the basic um, principles of the community foundation is to identify the need, identify the need in the community, communicate that to potential donors, and show show that connection and say here's where we, how mm-hmm. here is how and where we can make a difference. So you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And the way I might say it is, we lead philanthropy locally. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what does mm-hmm. that mean? Mm-hmm. First of all, it means that we partner with our donors. Mm-hmm. We have hundreds of families who've created uh, donor-advised funds. Mm -hmm. These are funds where they say, here, this is X amount of dollars, and we're interested in this this nonprofit, this nonprofit, and we will grant throughout the year. And also come to us Mm -hmm. when you find issues. So we partner with our donors to meet the needs in the community. We partner with our nonprofits. We have amazing nonprofits on the front lines in this community doing God's work. That's right. And you know what? They don't have the resources, they don't have the manpower, and they don't have the, the capacity to hire more staff and to do more. So we, through our competitive grant-making mm-hmm. cycle, invest in them. That's right. Okay, That's right. so they can continue to do their good work. Because we're not a direct service provider. Right. So what we do, though, is think of us as the, um, the captain of a team or the director of the play. We see the needs. We give voice to the needs. Mm-hmm. We see where the money is. Mm-hmm. We bring the money together. We see the nonprofits actually doing the work. We make sure they get the fuel they need to continue doing their work. Mm-hmm. And so it's a great role for us to be in. And, and it's, a, it's a perfect example of, of how that works. And, and, and I'll be the first to say we are a proud recipient, the Urban League of Palm Beach County, of a partnership in donors and funds from the Community Foundation for many years. Mm-hmm. So how does someone get in touch with the Community Foundation? Well, um, number of ways the most the easiest way is your community uh, foundation.org mm-hmm. that's our website and you can take a look at that and see what we do mm-hmm. you can also call us directly all of our phone numbers are on the website but if you're new to this community if you just move from New York City Manhattan or the Northeast and you want to be a part of this community because your heart tells you that or your tax accountant says you need to get involved philanthropically, call us mm-hmm. because we can align your charitable interests with the organizations who are on the front lines, as I mentioned earlier, doing great work. If you're just tuning in for South Florida Sundays, our guest this week is Miss Danita Dehaney. She's the president and CEO of Community Foundation Palm Beach and Martin Counties here for South Florida Sundays. I'm Trey Brazier with Patrick Franklin from the Urban League, Palm Beach County. Um, you wrote an op-ed recently that, that was in the Palm Beach Post. Um, let's talk about that for a second because, I mean, I, I, I read it and I read it and I, I thought about it and you were spot on with, with your analysis of the need here in, in, in this community. Let's talk about that a, a little bit. So I'll start with um, access to higher education, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. One of the things that surprised me, and I've been a Floridian now for 13 years, I come from the Mid-Atlantic, were the number of first-gen students at the University of Florida and at Florida Atlantic University. And to give you the data, over Mm -hmm. one-third of UF students and FAU students are first-gen. 
What does that mean? I didn't know that it was that high. Oh, it's, it's huge. One third. One third. So almost 9,000 plus students at FAU. What does it mean to be a first gen? It means you're the first one in your family to go to college. Mm-hmm. And it means that you're probably from a very low socioeconomic uh, mm-hmm. status group. It also means that nobody really talked to you about college at the dinner table. Um, other than sports, you might not know about it. That's right. What I learned from the students at UF and at FAU is not only were they smart, they're working a couple jobs during mm-hmm. high school, mm-hmm. they're taking care of siblings, they're paying utility bills, mm-hmm. and they're getting good grades. They're a contributor, yeah. a caretaker, they yes. get a whole lot, list of things. These are the kids you want to hire mm-hmm. because they've got grit. That's right. Now, they're getting admitted to some of the country's best colleges. Their challenge is they have no money to get there. Once they get there, or once they get there, they, they run out of money. They run out of money, mm-hmm. and they don't graduate. They're there for years. Mm-hmm. And so I've been fortunate to be to have been involved in three first-gen programs at Maryland, UF, and I started the one at FAU. And the data says that if you fund a first-gen student scholarship, room, board, and tuition, mm-hmm. get them on campus, mm-hmm. not only can you change the trajectory of their life, but you can change the trajectory of their family. Their family. Life. Their family. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So if you go back to my op-ed, and it, there are a host of issues in this community. It could be access to higher ed. It could be mental health for four- and five-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Whatever the issue is, it's big here mm-hmm. because we're big. And so if we can inspire those who have to invest in those issues, we're going to change our community. All right. I had a very uh, wealthy, compassionate donor at FAU say to me, Danita, my wife and I can't save this country. We need a middle class. And these kids become our middle class. If we don't save them, we're not going to have a country because you can't have a country without a middle class. That's right. He happened to be a Jewish man from South Africa. He goes, I grew up in that environment. So With he, the haves and the half-nots. Exactly. Yeah. So he was very motivated to invest in this segment of kids because this will make an impact and a difference in our community. They will stay here. They will become productive employees. I, I know a number of them. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my a, a young women at, from UF is at University of Southern California Film School. She is going to be a director. Mm-hmm. And I remember I took her to a donor event, and she talked about her mom working in the ladies' room at a country club. And she goes, those tips you put in the jars, they paid for they my paid music for lessons. Educate. That's right. And um, I'm grateful. She goes, I'm grateful to all of you, mm-hmm. and I'm grateful to this program because it's giving me a chance. Mm-hmm. I want I want to go back to that first gen um, uh, graduation. I, I remember years ago. I'm, I'm talking maybe 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in my office um, right after high school graduation. We had our our new life youth groups, and all throughout like a week and a half period, all of our kids were graduating one mm-hmm. after the next, and and they would come back to Urban League with their with their hat on mm-hmm. and and knock on the door. Uh, Mr. Franklin, I, I graduated today, and I, I said, Oh, great, uh, outstanding, you know, and I had a one young man came up, uh, knocked on my door mid-afternoon, and he goes, Mr. Franklin, I graduated today. I said, well, congratulations. And he just stood there. I go, what's wrong? He says, I'm the first person ever in my family to graduate from high school. Mm. That hit me. Yeah. And I gathered our whole entire staff 
and we took a group picture with oh, with, with this yeah. young man. Roll forward eight years after that, he came back and knocked on my door. Got his uh, master's, had a family, had a job. I didn't recognize him. And he goes, remember I told you I was the first person in my mm-hmm. family to graduate from high school? Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking college. I'm talking high school. Yeah. You know, and, and this was not that long ago. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is about Florida in particular where there are so many first-gen kids, but it is, again, our moral responsibility and obligation to invest in those kids who are killing it in high school. I think one, one of the things for, hard, for a lot of people here in Palm Beach County to realize and understand, yes, we have an abundance of wealth here. We have the beautiful environment and weather mm-hmm. and all this. Mm-hmm. But until they understand the true picture of our makeup of our community, that we have those who are struggling mm-hmm. to put food on the table, to find a shelter to, to, to rest their head at night, mm-hmm. um, that our education system is not balanced, okay? Our access to, to high-speed Internet is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the issues I, I think that many people need to understand that it's not just glitz and glamour. No, you know? and you will see and hear more from our community foundation mm-hmm. about those issues the issue that we're going to talk a lot about this year is literacy. You know, our third grade literacy rate in Palm Beach County mm-hmm. is more than 50% of our third graders in the public school district are not reading at the third grade level. Mm-hmm. And that is a sobering fact. And third grade is the first jump off point. It's the marker. That's it. It's a marker for a lot of decisions that municipalities make and mm-hmm. I you know we we, 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 yeah. we know the, the, the list of things but right. but it's that first it's that first standpoint in their lives that that they either go go no go exactly you know? in third grade yeah so I had a, a compelling conversation with James Patterson the author mm-hmm. on the Palm Beach Island this is his thing mm-hmm. and I said help me understand it and he said first of all if you're calling for money just you don't need to talk to me, talk to my foundation. Mm. I said, no, I want to mm. understand why you're so passionate about literacy, why you gave University of Florida $3 million to create this institute, mm-hmm. because I'll tell you why. If we can't get our third graders in Palm Beach County to read at the third grade level, we are doomed. That's right. And so, and I said, do you think it can be addressed? Is it fixable? He said, no question. So he introduced me to a team of faculty at UF. Uh, the name of the acronym for their program is UFLI, U-F-L-I. And I've met with them, and they're going to be a part of our founders' luncheon. Mm-hmm. They've been able to get the literacy rate where 80% of third graders are reading at the third grade level, and this is in Hillsborough County. Mm-hmm. The program, when we share what they're doing, is not rocket science. It's aimed at helping teachers break through barriers. Are we going further upstream into that pre-K and, and, and that's, that, and that that's, preparedness that's before? That's part of the issue, right. as you know, particularly in this county. The, mm-hmm. uh, but they've been able to go into almost every county in the state, not Palm Beach yet, and may, move that needle. Mm-hmm. And we have to do that because our th- if, those, if more than 50% think about what we're saying. Yeah. 
who are we going to hire? Who's going to do the work? What are they going to do? That's right. Well, I mean, we, we took two large steps backwards during COVID. Yes. At, at, at all yes. great levels. Yes. And, you know, I agree with you that that is a, a starting point that we can't afford to give up. No, because as you know, when you get to fourth grade, you're reading to learn, mm-hmm. not learning to read. Mm-hmm. And so if you're just getting passed on and you can't read to learn, you're not available for any other content or academic subject matter from fourth grade on. Think about what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. It, it, we're it's, giving up. It's a turning can't. point, and we can't. We can't no. do that. Once again, Danita, how can someone get in touch with the Community Foundation, be it a donor or just inquiring about information? The easiest way, visit yourcommunityfoundation.org. Our phone numbers are there. You can call me directly. I'm happy to share with you specifically what we're doing and engage with you to learn how you may want to help and to make those connections for you. Okay. Well, time has run on um, on us so far, and we still have a lot to talk about. And I'm going to have to bring you back because the Community Foundation is the catalyst in Palm Beach County to provide funds for nonprofits like the Urban League and yes. many other nonprofits that, who are out there who are doing great work. But their role is specific in, in bringing in those donors to help us. We can't do without you. So well, thank you for we, that. We, I, I want to make, make sure that everybody understands the role that the Community Foundation plays in this community and many other communities around the country. So, Danita, with, with that being said, because I, I have more questions, but we're mm-hmm. going to have to come back another time to, to complete this conversation. What is next at this time for Danita? Oh, to continue the work that I'm doing here for Palm Beach and Martin Counties. This is my. This is going to be my forever home. I Good. love it here, and I, I feel just so fortunate to be in the position I am leading the work that I do. And I want to thank you and Trey for this opportunity to visit with your audience early on a Sunday morning. Well, thank you, and it's, it's been a pleasure. Danita Dehaney, President and CEO of the Community Foundation of Palm Beach and Martin Counties. Thanks for waking up with us. South Florida Sundays, all right, Patrick. So I hear Salt Therapy is open. Yes, we we want to launch a new program at the Urban League. It's our Salt Therapy program. Mm-hmm. And what we're looking for is when we open our doors to anyone, a young adult, uh, older uh, senior citizens, children, we hear the Salt Therapy is helping those who have respiratory problems, hmm. long COVID, um, asthma problems, all these type of things. We have a, a, a small tent at the Urban League, and we have a salt therapy process where you come and sit inside this tent for 15 minutes and, and come as often as you want, and we have great examples of how it can help you hmm. in your therapeutic um, recovery from respiratory issues. So call the Urban League at 561-833-1461 and come and test it. Try it out. It's free. All right. President and CEO of the Urban League, Palm Beach County, Mr. Patrick Franklin. Thank you so much. We'll talk next week. Thank you. I'm Trey Brazier. This is South Florida Sundays.